Welcome to Forever Seeking, the Notre Dame Prep Alumni Speaker Series presented by the Forever Saints Alumni Association. I'm Jenny Douglas, the Assistant Director of Annual Giving and Constituent Relations at NDP. As Saints, we are forever seeking. This series features NDP community members who share how their involvement with NDP has impacted their lives and their ongoing search for wisdom, truth, knowledge, justice, and understanding. Today we are joined by NDP alumnus Blair Tusshouse, who will be hosting George Prelock, who has taught English at NDP since 2004 and is now the director of the St. Aloysius of Gonzaga program and head varsity football coach. Blair Tusshouse graduated from Notre Dame Prep in 2010 and went on to play football at Brigham Young University from 2010 to 2013. He then transferred to Arizona State, where he received his undergraduate degree in business and history. After that, he played for the University of Arizona Wildcats as a starting tight end while he worked on his master's in international security. During that time, the Wildcats were the Pac-12 South champions and played in the Fiesta Bowl. Since then, Blair has coached both high school and college football. From 2018 to present, Blair, alongside his father, Kirk, and his brother, Chase, a 2006 NDP grad, own and operate Tusk House Wealth Management, which is located in Scottsdale and San Diego. Blair has served as the NDP Forever Saints Alumni Association co-chair since 2019, and most recently, he married his lovely wife, Desiree, in December 2020. Today's podcast is sponsored by Tusk House Wealth Management. Thank you for your continued support of Notre Dame Prep and our alumni programs. And thank you, Blair, for joining us today. Hello, Notre Dame Prep alumni. I'm Blair Tusshouse, and today I am joined by one of the most beloved teachers at Notre Dame Prep, George Prelock. George is the director of the St. Aloysius Gonzaga program. At Notre Dame Prep, he created the curriculum to help students fill in their educational gaps. Prior to that, he created and implemented a student-centered English curriculum at the sophomore level for eight years with a focus on world literature, vocabulary development, and writing. Coach Prelock also serves as the head coach for the varsity football team. He's also been in teaching and coaching for 17 years at Notre Dame Prep. Coach Prelock is a 2002 graduate of the University of Vermont. Hey coach. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's good to be here with you. <laughs> it is great to have you today. It is uh, truly an honor. It's something that has been in my heart for quite some time, and I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Yeah, I'm happy to see you and spend some time with you today. Yeah, yeah. well, we're, we're going to have a good time. Um, so just to begin, uh, I want to start with um, you know, your teaching career, and, and specifically, what brought you to Notre Dame Prep? So if, you, you know, if, if you'd like to expand on, um, you know, I know a little bit, but for our audience, how, what brought you to Notre Dame Prep? Um, and kept you here for so long? Well, actually, I, when I graduated in 2002, uh, I moved to Arizona the day after my 22nd birthday. I uh, had an English degree, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Actually ended up managing a camera store. Um, yeah. I know nothing about photography, so <laughs> I think I was just good at selling things for people. Yeah. But uh, what ended up happening was about after a year and a half, kind of figured, what am I doing with my life? Uh, contacted my mom, who's been uh, an educator since I was a little boy. She's currently the provost at the University of Vermont. And nice. she's like, you know, why don't you get into teaching? And so I started looking into it, got my certifications. Um, my father uh, said, you know, where are you going to apply? You know, there's this school that just opened up in the neighborhood. You may want to check it out. And I said, all right. So I drove there and it was 
Notre Dame prep. Actually came in and uh, had wore a tie, and took out my contacts, put my glasses on, thought it'd make me look smarter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I walked in and just to drop off my application, say hi. Yeah. Uh, there was actually someone that was supposed to be getting interviewed. Um, Dave Gonzalez, the current principal, came out and. Uh, person showed up late and he's like well do you have he's like that's not a good first impression you have time right now I just talk to you and mm -hmm. he brought me and talked to me for about 35 40 minutes and um, that had a major impact on me and I, I really thought he was a great man and uh, I actually left the school I was plotting out all the different schools I was gonna go visit mm -hmm. I turned around went home told my dad that I found my wow. spot and I'm not gonna apply anywhere else and he told me that that was foolish <laughs> and I uh, put all my eggs in one basket, but uh, looks like after 18 years, I yeah. made the right call. Yeah, well, you know, uh, for all the students, uh, faculty that have known you, it's, uh, you look back on that moment, and it, it, it's truly a God thing that, um, you know, a little thing like that changes our whole Notre Dame prep history. Uh, so we're Truly grateful and grateful that uh, our former principal Dave Gonzalez gave yes. you that chance. Yes, um, I'm very. That's part of this. What this place is. It's. I'm very blessed to be here, and you know, God definitely sent me here. Yeah, and it, just for our view, how old were you when when you met uh, David I, I, Gonzalez? I, I was 23 years old. Yeah. Um, I didn't have, I had highlights, not the natural highlights that I have right now. <laughs> little instant yeah, action or something? That was, that was, yeah, that was the, I, I remember Coach Hermie had said, you know, he saw me walk in, he's like, who's this guy with the highlights? And, uh, yeah. I mean, that was, that was Dave. Yeah, that was Dave's big was thing. Him. He's like, you know, you're going to have to change your hair color. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So, but well, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's great. And, you know, for some of those students, we think, oh, when I met, Coach Prelock, you know, he was in his 30s, but we, what we don't realize is like, no, they were, you know, I'm 29, you're past that age, or I'm past that age of yeah. when, you know, maybe I first met you. Yeah. We didn't realize how young you and uh, Elizabeth Capone and yeah. some of those people were when we right. first met them. Um, so I think it encourages people in their 20s or early 20s that you can have impact right away. Okay. Um, so. Uh, uh, moving on, I, I would like to personally know just a little bit of what is the sound, the Saint um, Aloysius Gonzaga program, um, yeah. and how, how did you come into that? What made you step into that role? Yeah, so the Saint Aloysius Gonzaga program is a program that um, gives um, students a chance to be successful here at NDP. Um, they have academic promise, but have some educational gaps somewhere throughout their okay. academic career mm -hmm. and it's 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 my job to get them up to speed so that they can actually handle the rigorous curriculum here at NDP. Um, it's something that um, former uh, president slash principal Mr. Gamalik put in place okay. and uh, he said you know I'm gonna create this role please feel free to apply for it. It was something that I thought would be a good thing, and mm -hmm. uh, I applied for it. Um, I had been I taught freshmen my first year, my first two years, and then I taught sophomores for eight years, and knew I'd bring me back to the freshman level, and so it was something new and a new challenge, yeah. and um, it really uh, made me a better teacher because I dealt with I'm dealing with students that have or all different types of learners. Yeah. So. So, you know, you, you had this teaching position, and, and in this transition, uh, what was your day-to-day 
did it change drastically? Did it? Um, yeah. I mean, what what it, what's involved now that wasn't? I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, I felt like a new teacher again because I knew the, the, the amount of students that were coming in that had a ver- variety of learning strategies and challenges. So mm. um, I had to differentiate my teaching strategies. I had to um, really change a lot yeah. of things and really plan out. Yeah. Um, so it was that summer or uh, that week leading into the summer, which is the first, uh, I, they have to take summer school. I really was there for about 60, 70 hours. And then that month of summer school, I was working a ton of hours to get up to speed. And um, it was a great thing, especially to see that first class um, in, 2000, uh, in, two, in 2014 then graduate mm-hmm. um, in 2018 and walk across that stage yeah. and kids that necessarily probably may not have accepted before yeah. actually got a chance and were successful and now had the full yeah. high school experience and went on to college. Yeah, I w- I Honestly, I would like to take a little credit to help you prepare you for that because I was not necessarily the sharpest tool in the tool shed, <laughs> but, but uh, I, I think uh, it, all jokes aside, Going into Notre Dame prep, um, there was those kids, and not having that program, um, you know, it's something that I, I sure wish I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we have it as a as alum, I'm very happy we do have it, and not just have it, but have somebody that uh, I couldn't think of a better person to um, be leading that. Well, so, I appreciate so thank, that. thank you, you from the alum thank you for your kind community. words. Means a lot. Uh, so. As a senior faculty member, uh, what's the most important thing uh, to know in working with a generation of high school students? Uh, I think the most important thing is to understand that kids are kids, yeah. right? Uh, they're they're going to have their challenges. They're still growing. They're just trying to find out who they are. Um, I think even from when I taught you yeah. uh, to kind of the generation I'm teaching now, you know, they're exposed to so much more. Um, because of what they have access to at such a young age, you know, uh, the use of technology and, and everything like that. So uh, you got to understand that because of that, students change, but ultimately uh, you keep in mind that they're still kids, uh, they're still growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to make sure that they're faith-filled and that we want to develop them into kind, caring people that are going to give back. Yeah. No, I, I think you hit it there at the end, who want to give back. And, and I think that's what separates um, Notre Dame Prep from a lot of schools is we're not just looking at pumping kids out, but pumping um, the quality of, of students that want to give back to society. And we see that, I think, through the teachers because we don't, I, I believe we don't just hire, you know, people who just want to teach, but care about the individual in every aspect, especially faith, and um, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that here soon. Yeah, that's, so. that's one of the things, actually, when uh, Dave Gonzalez pulled me in, he's like, you know, if we decide to hire you, one thing you need to understand is, you know, no one is probably going to remember the curriculum that you taught them, what story you read, but he's like, you, they are going to remember how you treated them and how you made them yeah. feel. And he's like, that's going to be the most important thing is building relationships. And I took that to heart. Yeah. Uh, and that's something I always try to do is build relationships with my students. Yeah. Um, it, the last thing about the program relating to your coaching, mm-hmm. has it changed your coaching? Has it maybe just give you a new light, maybe 
I don't know. Maybe you, you can expand on it. Yeah, that. it it has. Uh, like I said, everyone's a different learner. Yeah. Uh, same thing on the football field. I mean, coaching really is just teaching. That's yeah. that's all it is. And mm-hmm. you got to understand that uh, different student athletes are going to respond to you in different ways. So yeah. some that you may need to get on a little yeah. bit uh, versus some that you kind of got to put your arm around. Uh, more so than that, I'm more of I'm going to put my arm around you. I got yeah. the other coaches to do the other do stuff. The, uh, do the dirty work. Do the, <laughs> I mean, when I need to intervene, I will. But you know, yeah. ultimately, my major goals: I want to, I want the kids to have a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to experience success, and I want them, most importantly, to know that I love and I care for them. Yeah. No. And and, and speaking for the players who have played for you, uh, that I know, we all feel that way. So that's good. Thank you. It's um, good to hear. I think now is a good time to uh, kind of change the subject a little bit, yeah. uh, a subject that uh, my generation may know a little bit more about, but I think it's a, a healthy discussion to uh, always talk about our, our past and, right. and, and more specifically uh, your relationship and your friendship uh, with the late uh, Scott Bemis. And just saying his name uh, gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's... You know, w- would you expand for those maybe who didn't know Coach Bemis as well as, as we did? What was your relationship like? Was were you guys close friends? How did you come together? Yeah. Um, it, would you expand on that? Yeah, we uh, we were close friends. Um, you know, actually, this coming January, it's going to be his ten year anniversary yeah. of of his passing. So. Um, it, he had a major impact. I mean, he, he like uh, Mr. Gonzalez gave me my break in education. Coach yeah. Bemis gave me my break in, in being able to coach. And um, same thing, he, he pulled me in and I said, oh, you know, I'm interested in coaching. Um, you know, and he pulled me in and said, he didn't ask me one XRO question. Yeah. He just sat me down that. and told me about, you know, how do you reach kids? Yeah. How are you going to handle this situation? I what is that. it that you want to do in terms of ultimately once a player leaves you and it was all character stuff mm-hmm. it was all um building up players and not necessarily about football it was mm-hmm. about being a good person and making sure you're taking mm-hmm. care of people and that's something i always take in heart anytime i interview a coach you know that's the big thing for me i don't really yeah. ask X, x's and no questions yeah. you know I, I i can always teach someone that yeah right of course i, I can't teach someone how to have good character and be a role model. Yeah. Right. So um, that's something that I've carried over. Um, I think about him all the time. I actually still have a picture above my desk of him that one of the students drew of him uh, kissing yeah. the trophy. Oh, that's and I awesome. actually have a poem uh, that uh, Coach Hermie wrote and emailed to uh, Ms. Capone, myself, and um, nice. Mr. Rilski after uh, Coach Bemis. Uh, had passed and we had buried him and uh, that that poem is next to his uh, picture and I read it at least once a week just as a reminder so yeah, and good. I always think about him before going on the going on the field and I think about all the times he played pranks on me and yeah. made me look foolish but I miss yeah, it we were all victims <laughs> yeah we were, were all victims, victims of it but, that's uh, for sure yeah stepping on uh, the Scott Bemis field is, is as a as the head coach I mean yeah. That must really weigh on your heart. Um, would you mind just sharing maybe one or, or two just personal stories that you had with, with Coach Pimus that maybe you know we, we don't know about or yeah. anything that comes, comes to mind? Yeah. Um, the funny one, my first year of teaching, he, uh, he said, um, 
uh, he actually called and I got a voicemail from uh, a parent who was just, just absolutely livid and irate with me. And <laughs> they said, you need to call me back right now. You know, my child's failing. I haven't heard from you. And call me back at this number and ask for Mr. Roach. And I'm like, oh, I don't boy. even have anyone with the last name Roach. But I'm panicking, so who do I go to? I run downstairs and I go to Bemis' classroom. I'm like, Coach, I got this kid. He's like, we're about to go into Thanksgiving break. You don't want that hanging over yeah. your head, do you? And I'm like, no, I mean, no, I don't. And he's like, I'd take care of that. Are you going to get in trouble? Mm -hmm. This is your first year teaching? And he's like, I may not be here. So I'd take yeah. care of it. So I go and I call and I pick up. And they're like, Hello, thank you for calling Truly Nolan. I'm like, pass the sky, pest control and get rid of Rose. And I'm so, uh, I'm calm, like, I'm like, uh, there's a Mr. Roche that called me. And they're like, I, they're like, I don't have time for this. I'm like, no, I'm being serious. And then you're worried, you're sweating. I was worried, I hung, and I was still somewhat new to the area. I'm like, what is the deal? And I looked up Truly Nolan, saw what it was, and then Bemis made sure he found me later and was laughing at me. And he... He did not hold back. No, he I, didn't. I mean, between that or me finishing a course that I got an A in and wrote a paper, and then he created a fake email from my professor saying that actually that the book wasn't approved that I wrote about. Oh. And I had to reread it and redo the course. And he did the same thing to uh, Coach Hermie. And Coach Hermie was so living, he was like calling the university and was demanding to talk to. He's, he, anyway, Coach Bima said I was way nicer in my responses than uh, Coach Hermie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, oh, whatever yeah. it was, he he was a prankster, and you know, uh, you know, I miss him. And the other yeah. times where people really didn't get to see him, but how how emotional he was, and how he truly cared with his players, and he yeah. would open up to him. So yeah, no, I I like I said, I speak for all. We all miss him, but yeah. we're all excited for for you and and your coaching. Uh, a really good uh, coach that I had interacted with. Um, when I got into coaching, told me, don't be Scott Bemis. Don't right. be, you know, right. this, be Blair Tusshouse. Right. And, and what I really appreciate from you is that you honor Scott mm. Bemis, mm. but in no way are you trying to replace him. No, you Because nobody's asking no. you to do that. No, and, nor and, can you. Yeah. Nor can you. You just got to, like you said... History is important, legacy is important, and uh, you know, yeah. ultimately I'm just a part of NDP's history and I want to honor those who came before me and try yeah. and help out and build for those that are going to keep this place running once yeah. I'm gone. Yeah, well, hopefully you're here for a very long time. That's the plan. Yeah, yeah. That's the plan. <laughs> Don't go running off no, on that. That's so, the plan. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, tell me, uh, I guess, just a little bit more about your path into football. I mean, from, from my knowledge, mm -hmm. you were never... A, football coach prior to Notre Dame prep no has this the only place I've ever taught and coached at. yeah so I mean and also my experience is that a lot of the the best football coaches I've been around I mean they weren't you know they didn't they were just well connected they knew how to teach mm -hmm. and obviously you're a teacher right. but you know you connect with the kids so well you connected with me uh, as a player and uh, you know you had it that right. it factor. So, yeah, if you could, just tell me um, yeah, how, how you got into it and in, in just your career into the head coaching role. You were right. a JV coach for um, so many years and yeah. eventually got that opportunity. Yeah, so uh, Coach Bemis actually started out, uh, he hired me as an assistant JV coach. So mm -hmm. I coached um, receivers, DBs, and I was the special teams coordinator. 
um, and I, Coach Hermie was the head JV coach. That was my first two years. And then Coach Hermie ended up moving up to varsity as the O-line, D-line coach. And then I, he had turned it over to me um, to be the head coach for JV. Uh, my second year as the assistant, Coach Porianda came. Yeah. And then um, he was my defensive coordinator. And Coach Poe and I were together from, you know, my first, my second year as assistant I was eight years as the JV uh, head coach. He was my defensive coordinator. Then in 2014, took over the freshman. Um, That's right. came, coach Poe came with me. Mm -hmm. We added uh, Coach Smith, who's yeah. currently my defensive, defensive coordinator. coordinator. Yeah. Um, and we go way back. And uh, then we were, I was on the freshman level for three years. And then um, the opportunity opened up here and applied and got it. And yeah. This will be my fifth year as the head varsity football yeah. coach here. So 17 was the first year of varsity as head coach? Yes, that was my first year. Yeah. Wow, time flies, yes, right? You're already, yeah, going in yeah. Uh, fifth year. So, yeah, that's, that's amazing. I, it, it just seems like yesterday you're, and you as our JV coach, and, and to see you progress, definitely happy uh, for you. So um, leading in my next question, having gone through, uh, uh, we won two state championships right. under Scott Bemis, right. um, and now having gone through two state championships of your own, right. um, unfortunately not being able to get the results uh, right. we as a community wanted, uh, how as a head coach uh, you've taken those um, losses and developed and grown the team uh and program yeah well first thing i figured was you know avoid centennial so <laughs> <laughs> but but we'll, we'll get our shot at him one time but uh you know it was it was a it was a learning lesson you know um they it, it, part of it was you know once you wanted it something so bad right mm -hmm. and and it hurt it did, losing yeah. those two. And it wasn't because, like, I mean, everyone wants to win. As a competitor, you want to win. Yeah, but of course. when I go out there, I feel like I am representing, like, these kids, mm -hmm. right? It's on me to make sure they have a good experience. The community. Like, I'm trying to get for the community. Not yeah. for me, not for anything else. And, and, and so it, it did hurt. But what it did was it motivated me. Right, I, I went and put in the extra hours, and I was already putting in multiple hours. Yeah. But you're, you're trying to do more, and then we go back again, and you know, I'm like, okay, this is what I learned from that time, and you know, we're gonna make the adjustment. And then for it to happen again, yeah. um, you know, you go back and 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 you go back to the drawing board, and, and you keep trying to persevere. Right, yeah. you show yeah. that mental toughness and show that. You know, part of it all is in enjoying it is going through the process of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whether you win or lose, at the end of every season, I end up bursting into tears because, yeah. for one, you're sad to see seniors go. Of course, right? Yeah. Um, you're sad to, that the season's over, and yeah. you know that team is only going to be that team for that year. And um, so it, you use that as a motivating factor. And, and you learn from it, and yeah. there are plays where I was like, you know, I probably shouldn't have called that, <laughs> you know. So, but you continue to learn, grow, and develop, and work hard. Yeah, you know, um, let's remind the viewers of what Coach Bemis's vision was, and it wasn't to win a bunch of 
you know, at the time, 4A2, right. you know, that, that was part of the process. Right. It was winning those so we can play the Brophies, Chaparral, Suaros, right. Centennials. Right. And, yeah, I'm a competitor. You're yeah. a competitor. Right. And I'm happy to see us playing the Centennials of, yeah. of the state. Right. If we get beat, best, let the best team win. But right. you know what? I, I'm happy to see that. That was his vision, and you're taking it there. That yeah. makes me very happy. Yeah. Um, in, in addition, I coming across some of your players at various gyms and whatnot. Right. The way they hold their accountability, respect, and they don't know I'm a former player. Right. But I just see a few. Right. I see how they interact, and and take the scores out of it. I can tell you're teaching them how to be young men. Right. So. Um, it's more than just the number on the scoreboard. Sure is. You're you're killing it on the field. But I want to give you props. You're 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 definitely leading these young men. So thank you. Um, thank you. It means a lot. We're proud of that. So thank you. Um, big thing for all of us here is our is our faith. Right. Um, I think the jo- the school does a great job of implementing in the faith in in whatever we do, and so. Um, my question for you is how do you keep your faith in the forefront of such a competitive program? Right. Um, and, and sometimes as competitors, we lose sight of what truly is first. And, right. And I'd be curious to know, you know, I see the men, but I don't see you day to day with them. Right. What are you doing to keep their faith first and, and um, right. you know, well, priorities? The most powerful thing is obviously prayer, right? Um, so... It is our custom before every practice. We, we pray at the end of practice. We'll talk. I'll talk to the team. My coaches will talk to the team. And then we end in prayer, talk about intentions and um, things yeah. that are going on. Um, and then before games, you know, uh, after the captains go out and they do the coin toss and everything like that, they come in and we do, we do one final Hail Mary. And, and then we go out there and at the end of the games, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same thing. Uh, we want to make sure, you know, we are a Catholic school, right? Mm-hmm. And we want their relationship to grow with God. And even more importantly, we want them to be able to show their spirituality to everyone and mm-hmm. to the community and be a faith-filled person that's going to go make a difference. So uh, we talk about, you know, how our actions at school, specifically in the classroom, yep. you know, as great as, as it is to be a football player, um, you're under a microscope, both you know, yeah. both good and bad, right? Yeah. So more but, the bad than the good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you'd be the first, but at the same time, um, I, I tell the boys, you really have an opportunity to make a positive impact on the community, yeah. and really look out for people that need help. And that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be a leader, and that's what's supposed to be like: faith-filled, care about others, mm-hmm. and uh, live that faith by help, helping others. Because I'm a big believer in that. That's what got me into teaching and coaching. You want to have a positive impact. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just um, just reiterating. Sometimes, like I say, we just lose that sight of what is the top priority. Right. At the end of the day, football is just a game, yeah. but we can use it as such a great tool to lead people to Christ. And, um, you know, a uh, big thing in my life is grace, extending grace. And um, I never thought I'd how do you extend grace on a football field? You know, is in coaching, um, you know, giving the encouragement to kids. And um, I've always seen that. I didn't know at the time, but I've seen that in your coaching of 
you don't kick a kid off or, right. or, or down him just because he messed up and, right. and you extend that, it's okay. You're going to be good. You just don't know yet. Right. So um, it, it's a hard thing as us competitors. It's easy to just, I'm going right. to, I just want to win. But right. um, it, Notre Dame prep is different. I respect the other schools, um, but we're different. Yeah. And we put faith first. And, yes. and so um, that's one of the many things that makes me proud uh, yeah. to come from this program. So, Absolutely. I talked a little bit about the program, the struggles, um, the current state, but I'm now curious, what's the vision for the future? I mean, you guys got buildings going up. I'm yeah. in a room that I don't think I've ever been in. <laughs> right, you know, right, right. <laughs> like, where am I? Yeah. But, um, you know, I never got to play on that field. I didn't think that field would come until I had kids. So right. obviously the future is, is here and it's coming at us a lot faster than I thought. So right. uh, what's your vision for the future, the mm -hmm. program? Mm -hmm. uh, where do we go from here? I think we continue to grow as a community. Uh, we have one of our highest freshman class enrollments, I think, ever coming yeah. in. Nice. Um, we're at, I think, around 255 plus now. So, uh, so that's outstanding. Um, and that's also, that talks about all the great individuals that we have here. We have a bunch of outstanding teachers, administration, staff. I mean, we are a true community here and, and that sells itself. So yeah. I think that attracts people. I think the faith filled obviously is mm -hmm. important to yeah. people having a higher standard in terms of academics and there's a sense of accountability and I think that draws people mm -hmm. uh, here. And I think we keep growing and, and how do you do that? You do that by having a great experience. Yeah. And, then that, and that's what it comes down to. We continue to have our students have a great experience, our families have a great experience. It's the best way for word to spread. That's the best type of advertisement you can yeah, have. Referrals and good experiences, just like <laughs> you said. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, it's just, uh, it's funny. I had somebody uh, come up to me the other day and say, you went to Notre Dame Prep, that powerhouse, and it's like Notre Dame Prep's a powerhouse. Mm. And I had to reflect because yeah. I, I just, I've been around since day one. Right. And nobody called us a powerhouse. No. No, not by. No. Uh, our you know, first, <laughs> I mean, our first year of varsity football um, was my first year of teaching. We weren't even, it was us, Basha, Sandra Day O'Connor. Those were the new schools, And right? there was one other school. I can't yeah. remember, but we were the four new red schools. Yeah. yeah. And what ended up happening was, you know, we had our own little playoff at the end, but we won one game that year, and yeah. it was in Chinle. Chinle, that's right. Great. And the bus yeah. broke down. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, we went through our growing pains. I mean, that first year, there was one win. Second year of varsity, there were three wins. The third year of varsity... We had uh, six wins and then mm -hmm. 13 wins your sophomore year yeah. and win the state championship. And undefeated the next. And then yeah. undefeated the next. Yeah, it, it, and I, looking back, it was um, great coaches and teachers that it's not just the football program. It was no. the school yes. raising the bar, raising yes. the bar, yep. raising the bar. Yep. And, you know, can the bar be risen any further? Yeah, yeah. It can. can. It can. There's always... Um, Bronco Mendenhall, when I played at BYU, he'd wash a towel, soak it, and he'd give it to a player, and he said, uh, squeeze it dry. Yeah. You know, guy, right. All this water drips. And then he, he's like, is all the water out of there? And give it to the next guy. He'd get a few more drops, a few right. more drops, and just kept passing around. And it's just like, 
get that 1% better. Yeah, yeah, we made some big jumps in the beginning, but now I see those last, yeah. not last drops, but the program. Right. Squeeze, let's get a little bit right. better each and every day. And, and right. I can see that. And I'm, uh, like I say, I'm, I'm proud to see it because if not that way, there's only one other direction to go. And right. that's a direction I don't want our program uh, no. going in, no. even no. looking at. Not so, even. Um, anyways, we like to end this uh, podcast. Uh, with uh, a question uh, that um, uh, basically I'm trying to figure out how to word this uh, in keeping the name of the podcast which is Forever Seeking uh, what is something in your life that you are forever seeking um, constantly pursuing that is close to you and then also what saint um, would you say possesses that value right. and you keep close to yourself um I'm forever seeking to just continue to get better as a person. You know, I, I have my flaws and like everyone, but I, I, I want to get better as a person, get better as a teacher, get better as a coach, mm-hmm. um, as a father, and really just have a positive and lasting impact on yeah. lives, lives that I've already come across and lives that I've yet to come across. Yeah. But that, that's, I'm forever seeking to have a positive impact and have people have a great experience. That, that's what I'm forever seeking. And I want to make sure that I'm touching people um, in their hearts and, and souls and um, something that they're going to remember, be like, you know what, I can trust him and I can depend on him. So yeah. I'm forever seeking to get better, uh, forever seeking um, to have uh, relationships that, that thrive. Nice. I like that. Yeah. And, and in regards to the saint, yeah, I, I may. Well, go ahead. Well, the saint. I, it's yeah. it's tough because the, I mean, first off, so many. I'm the furthest thing from from the saint, but a saint that I see all that. It's all of them, right? And you see a lot of these saints, especially you know, none. They didn't start off perfect either. A lot yeah. of them went through their trials and tribulations, but you know, ultimately, what they all did, which. I think as an educator in general, whether you're at a Catholic school or not, mm-hmm. is, you know, sacrificing for others, mm-hmm. right? Um, whether it be Mother Teresa and helping the poor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Maximilian Colby, you know, sacrificing himself um, at, the, at the camp so others' yeah. lives were spared to, you know, I'm the head of House of St. George. He literally was asked to give up uh, deny his faith and persecute Christians, and he refused to, and knew he was going to die. Was that for a coincidence? It. The Saint George? That was a coincidence. Let anyone tell you. Okay, all right. we actually <laughs> had four. We had the fifth pick, so just so happened Saint George. Fell okay, so, all right. Yeah. It wasn't Saint Roach or? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, uh, well, you know, one one last thing. I know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I would like to personally know the Saint Aloysius. 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 Yes. Okay. For the viewers, mm-hmm. I've had, you know. Hard time saying that, but yeah. I think I got it down. Yeah. Would you just mind explaining so people know a little bit why was the Gonzaga program named uh, after that particular saint? Right. So Saint Aloysius Gonzaga was patron saint of teenagers. Okay. Um, and specifically learning, um, and then also on top of it, uh, it was a ring, and everyone knows the university, right? Basketball yeah. Gonzaga. So. It was okay. a ring to say, okay, it's okay. something that helped attract, and uh, but ultimately it also fit because he is the patron saint. Uh, he helps teenagers and helping them grow and develop. Awesome. So, I think that's important for yeah. all of us to know, including myself. Yes. I should know. <laughs> um, 
But ultimately, I just want to thank you for your time uh, to be here. You're a very busy man. Um, I want to thank you for the time you've invested into all students, athletes, um, teachers. We truly appreciate you. Um, we love you. And we're all here to support you. So thank you for joining thank our you. Forever Speaking yeah, podcast. I appreciate you guys. I, I love all you guys, my current students, former students, and everyone that I've just been privileged to work with. It's, this, is, this is my home. And uh, I love everyone. And I really appreciate it. I'm very humbled by all this. So thank yeah. you. No, thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, check out the podcast on YouTube or Spotify. And uh, thank you, George. Appreciate it. Thank you, Blair. Good yeah. seeing you. Good seeing you too. Thank you, George and Blair, for joining us for this episode of Forever Seeking. I would like to encourage all of our alumni to stay connected with us at ndpsaints.org slash alumni slash stay dash connected. Thank you again to Tess House Wealth Management for sponsoring this episode of Forever Seeking. We invite you to subscribe to Notre Dame Prep on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and watch for our next episode coming soon.